Hey gang, Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is supported by Patreon. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Pablo Corden, Jordan Ferguson, Ashley Martinez, Matthew Bang, Dan Reed, Bradford N. Smith, Jade Cor, Paige May, Samuel Chesser, Wynn Richport, Alicia Harper, Gabriel Pezek, Toge, Sarah Thal, Sebastian Sawyer, Shane Lee Miller, Cody Old, and Dan Farrell for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those to Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Billy. And I'm your host, Amelia. And we're watching Lego Scooby-Doo Nighttime Terror. That's night with a K, everybody. So it could ostensibly happen during daylight hours. Be on the lookout. I'm sorry, I have nothing to say. I'm on the lookout. You're on, okay. Apparently you've All threatened right. me well, with a night. Well, you know what? It's really just Lego. We're not walking around right now. We've, as long as we keep shoes on, they're not a threat. You go barefoot amongst some Lego, it's dangerous. That's a terror scale 10 out of 10. But sitting quietly with Legos in the other... Well, they're not even real. It's a show. It just happened on the TV that we watched it, really. I'm gonna do a quick U-turn away from whatever the fuck you're doing. Thank God. <laughs> and say that this time period is just way too fucking obsessed with Lego. Oh my Christ. Well, uh... Can we stop already? <laughs> now, do you mean this time period in Scooby-Doo or just in the culture in general? In general. Okay. Everything was Lego for like 10 straight years. Ninjago, Shima were like originals. And then, like, every franchisable property got a Lego set. The Lego? And then everything that had licensed Lego suddenly had a TV show that was Lego. Yeah, and... well, I think that's the thing. This is the period where Lego sort of made the big jump into media. Like, do you remember the first few Lego video games? Oh, they were completely silent because they were like, oh, look, it's Lego. They're just little toys or whatever. But then they started voicing them. And, and then it got worse. Yeah, Le <laughs> Lego got a taste of that, ooh, a fully created type thing. We can create our own stories. That's fun. That's what Lego wanted to do. And now, here we are in full swing. I think we got a little taste of it with the first season of Lego Shorts, but here is really a, a full episode of a Lego Scooby-Doo. That seems very pilot-y, if yes. you ask me. Yes, much like the the puppet one. I think this was probably a likely pilot. It's a bit of a shame that it didn't take off. I could have gone for a Lego series aiming concurrently with Be Cool Scooby-Doo. Could you go for a premise so that we can I could. hurry up and get through this? I, I Please, could very much. It's 22 minutes long. I do not want to have to edit a 50-minute podcast well, to go up tomorrow. Good, because we got two hours to go. Ugh, the, just give me the premise! Is. Here's the premise! <laughs> We're married. The gang go to the grand reopening of Grimsley Mansion, where the living Black Knight armor and hidden treasure await. 
First off, we're not married. Well, colloquially. Common-law. Counts in my heart. Well, I'll also say here, Grimsley Mansion. This is a location that is new to Scooby-Doo, but exists as a Lego set. I really thought this was going to be some sort of actual returning mansion, but I guess a generic mansion is just as good. It's a generic story it's telling. Why shouldn't it be a generic mansion? I guess so. Do you want to get right into it with the Fred Factor? Sure. My only two notes are quotes of his. First one, where I'm in the van, he's just like, I'm just anxious to take a crap. It (laughs) sounded like that. He actually said, take a crack. Okay. (laughs) But take a crap was funnier. This is why he's rushing towards the mansion. He needs a semi-private bathroom. (laughs) That rush to the mansion. Fred is driving so fast and so recklessly. I feel like it's been years since I've seen Fred drive like this. Why is it recklessly? Well, he's veering back and forth. I don't think he starts veering until he almost strikes a man. Well, you know what? The fact that he came so close to striking a man means it was reckless. And I mean, the way he ends up, Fred crashes this mystery machine. We're way back to good old Where Are You or New Scooby-Doo movie days where Fred absolutely crashes it. And you know what? Best place to do it because it's a Lego mystery machine and so it breaks into a bunch of little blocks and it's visually interesting. So I'm I'm on board with this reckless driving Fred. Other note for Fred, like I said, a quote, the Romans are Roman. When a bunch of suits of armor start twirling, ever twirling. Was it Roman armor? It was it was Roman armor very specifically. And Can't so remember. Fred got to have a very dad joke about how those Romans are Roman about. They were uh they they had helmets. Did Romans yeah. wear Gladiators. Gladiator gladiator helmets? I think so. Why wouldn't you go for the other helmet? I don't know the name of it. I don't care about Romans. The battle battle helmet, not the sport helmet. No, but they, they look very much like gladiatorial armor to me. Maybe it's cheaper. You know, maybe when Augustus Grimsley was building this mansion, he was like, I can really only get my hands on some gladiatorial armor. That'll do for now. And then he meant to replace it, but killed by a ghost. So. Or something else. I don't think it actually killed him in the lore. Uh, Fred is very determined here. Grimsley Mansion, there is apparently a lost treasure. And Fred is rushing to get to this place because he's so determined to get it. There's a determined look on his little Lego face. And I am going to say, we do get a treasure within the first minute. Which is always a delight. Is it the sometimes that we don't hear him say treasure and hear the word uh, spoken correctly? Does a director catch him when he says treasure and is like, let's get a second take? I'm going to hope that Frank Welker knows enough about what he's doing that he's he's trying to sneak those treasures in there. Like, that's his little signature. You know, mispronouncing treasure. treasure. (laughs) That's how you know it's him. The Fred. But, I mean, I will say, Lego Fred does seem to be Fred back in dad mode. Specifically, I really enjoyed the scene where Velma is sort of flirting with a boy, and uh, Fred comes traipsing through the scene with, It's just me! (laughs) 
Happy to be there, Fred. When there was a possessed suit of armor marching around, he didn't want to startle anyone. He was going to announce himself. He's going to knock before he enters any room like George Michael <laughs> in the Bluth household. He's just, he's just a good, wholesome boy like that. None of this be cool garbage where he's a total bootlicking cop loving asshole. It's good, it's good to, to just take a little breather from that for a bit. What about the Velma Vision? Because I, I already mentioned a little bit about her plot line in this episode. Uh, well, this is Kate Micucci. Yes. Outside of Be Cool, and she continues to be the most downer Velma by the first words coming out of her mouth whining that Fred needs to drive safer. That... I really don't like this interpretation of Velma never having any joy in her soul. I think everyone was kind of on board with Fred slowing down there. That That's more on board with Fred being reckless, in my mind. Well, in my mind, it's indicative of a Velma voice actress that I'm not crazy for. I don't like this interpretation that Makuchi is bringing to the character. Well, I mean, she does get to do a bit of a different take in this one. We see Velma... In an actual love story. Or a, a flirtation, an I guess. An actual love story. Yeah. That has become such a Scooby-Doo trope. Because, like, usually you're like, oh, well, Vel Velma's not the good-looking one. It's Daphne that's going to go fall in love with someone. Or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Since but the Scooby-Doo movie in 2002, we have seen Velma hitting it off and getting flirty at every available well, opportunity. What I meant is that this is Kate Micucci getting to do that standard love plot. And in this one, we do see her hooking up with someone who is mentally her equal. A man who, who is a member of Mensa, who Ooh. is able to discuss things with her. Where's a Mensa pin on his chest like a mm, douche? That is literally, that's such a dick thing. Egon, how are you getting louder in the litter box as time no. passes? It's not yet quieter, it's always how it goes. You do gotta be kind of a jackass to just carry that around right in front, pinned onto your chest. But, uh, Velma's into it, and she spends this whole 22-minute special eye-banging the tour guide. Yeah, Adam, I believe, was his name. And at the end of this, Velma actually invites this guy along. Like, Velma invited him to join them on their aimless travels across the world. And it's like, you've, you've A, you've known this guy a day. Yeah. It's very close quarters in that van. It's, it seems like she hasn't... Has to have a bit of a repertoire. Yeah. How does this guy get along with Fred? How does he get along with Shaggy? And... Do you like dogs? Because we do have a dog. And he's going to sleep on you at one point. There's only so much room in the back of a van. There's a pecking order, and Scooby is above you in it, so he'll get first choice of the bed, and you might end up on the floor. You know, you gotta think about these things. I mean, look, would it be cool to diversify the gang by bringing someone else in? Maybe a little bit. They tried with hot dog water, and look where I, that got us. Well, I wouldn't say that hot dog water added much diversity. She's another woman. A lesbian. Well, that's true. Also, I wasn't, I wasn't you, really thinking of LGBT. How can you diversify what is arguably the whitest group of people in the world? <laughs> anyway, literally by dropping no, anything in there. You're going to drop a black man into there and he's not going to gel and he's not going to enjoy himself. These people are too white. They are stopping every 20 minutes to eat cheese. <laughs> <laughs> 
and drink a cold glass of milk. <laughs> All right, maybe we save Adam for like supporting cast on a Velma on a Lego Velma spinoff. <laughs> what everyone has been craving. Do, is there any Daphne dilemma in this episode? No, I'm not even sure she speaks. Really, she she does see. What Velma is up to with a historian. And so you get a little bit of that side eye and that Daphne like, I know what you're doing. I see it. A little bit of a gossip Daphne happening. You're really pushing it. Absolutely. That is me stretching as far as I can go. Uh, <laughs> I My other note for her is that it, she is interpreting the riddles that we see here. And that, that has always been... Sort of Daphne's move. A bit of the lateral thinking. What could this mean? She doesn't figure out any riddles. She, she reads it out loud. Well. That's not figuring it out. She's sort of working on figuring it out as she reads it. Sure she is. The shaggy Scooby shenanigans. They get into this mansion that's not theirs and they start walking over top of an expensive pipe organ. Jumping on! They jump up and down on a pipe organ to play some ominous music because they're hungry. Absolutely disrespectful. Granted, this is a Lego world, so you can't actually break anything ever. You can break it apart and then put it back together again. Even murder is only temporary. It's still rude. It's rude. As hell. If yeah. I go into someone's house and kick down a Lego sculpture they've made, sure, True. it's not broken, but I've kind of ruined their You're shit You're the still. jerk in that scenario, 100%. Well, it, it gets a little complex a bit later, because they do run into the Black Knight, and Shaggy and the Black Knight, Shaggy Scooby and the Black Knight, have a hallway chase, but it ends in Shaggy and the Black Knight Exchanging a bunch of body parts. This is a real, like, head-scratcher in the Lego universe. Wh which piece houses the soul? What, what part, where is the essence of the person? The head? Uh, the little Lego brain? The left claw hand. Well, that's quite bizarre, because they switch those off all the time. <laughs> what does that say about pirate Like, Well... The hook hand isn't it is important to being a pirate. I think you're looking into this a little too deeply, Billy. Probably. Obviously. It's just that like this is I just, I this just... is purgatory and they they can switch off any body parts they like. I'm just I'm wondering about biology. Is the the Lego humanoid are they simply the headpiece with the brain and all necessary internal organs there? And then, like, every other body part is sort of like a hermit crab shell. Sure, go with but, that. But with, like, functions that they can control. Shaggy is made hungry by another man's sadness. <laughs> now that's a poignant line. What, what does that mean? It means that a man is sad near him, and he says, Oh, <laughs> gee, that sure makes me feel hungry. Right. You think he's going to show empathy, but he's incapable of showing empathy because he's a psychopath. Yeah, that is definitely that kind of behavior. Not like the person that I would want to spill my heart out to. Or whatever the equivalent of a heart is in a hermit crab-like Lego body. And I'm gonna, I'm going to stay on that point. Because there is like such a recurring joke in this episode. About Shaggy removing his hair. Or like shrieking so much that his hair flies off. 
Everyone wears toupees in this universe as well. They're chased throughout some of this special by a large Venus flytrap mm-hmm. that Shaggy describes as the hungry hibiscus, which would be an elite tier actual villain. Yes. I'm so tired of Black Knights. Why couldn't yeah. it have been the hungry hibiscus? I mean, I get it that like you made a Black Knight Lego piece. And so now you need to use it in the episode. Lego, you are your own company and yeah. you can make anything. Why did you choose Black Knight? Like, I mean, I get and I get it from, like, literally from the standpoint of, like, Lego pieces that you would buy. Oh, this is, like, a classic Scooby-Doo set. Let's do this. But it's not a set based on What a Night for a Night. It's a set based on Nighttime Terror. So... It didn't, ha- it didn't have to be the Black Knight in that case. It could have been the Hungry High Biscuits, which I, I do agree is a better villain. And has a more interesting resolution where it's not like unmasked as a villain. Scooby actually makes friends with it. And speaking of Scooby, I do have to mention his little helmet is adorable. At one point when he's riding in like a two-seater motorcycle. Adorable little helmet. Last note that I have for them is that Fred and the girls get the treasure, a pile of gold, while Shaggy and Scooby get murdered by an axe. That was the split up of duties, this mystery. Yep. Gold or axe murder. Everyone else is trapped, and then Shaggy and Scooby face the night alone. Which, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with them getting a little comeuppance. Because earlier, Shaggy intentionally springs a death trap onto his friends to show off a morning star. He's like, oh, look at this thing that we found, and pulls a lever to make a giant-ass morning star just, like, hit them in the face. And again, Lego world, no such thing as actual violence, but I would still be a little pissed off. Who are our minor mentions? Uh, There's the tour guide. That's Adam. He's he's technically the house historian of Grimsley Manor. Whatever. He's bald, and Lego figures should not be bald. It speaks to me of uh, cheapness. Not wanting to include an extra piece. It's just like, get the hair on that little nub that's sticking out the top of his head, because I don't want to see that little nub. How would you feel if they included, like, a smooth headpiece? <laughs> Would it look wrong? Would the shape of the head be too distorted at that point? It it would be too distorted. Okay. Just give the man some hair. Why does he gotta gotta be bald? I don't know. I guess they just wanted, like, oh, this, like, cool, bald-headed black man is who we want to have in Scooby-Doo now. That's that's Scooby-Doo for the 21st century. Uh, This is the one that wears the Mensa badge. Yeah. So he's Uh, just a douche about it, it. It is technically... Mensa with a Z, and that's probably because the real Mensa are like quite litigious or something. Probably. What was it called in The Simpsons when Lisa joined Mensa? Was it actually Mensa there? Can't remember. Well, luckily that's not a show we cover. That's also not an episode that's great. I don't think I've ever seen it more than once on television. It's been a long time since I've seen television, though. No, but I'm talking about, like, when you would be watching Global on Sunday afternoon, if it wasn't golf, if it was a block of Simpsons <laughs> episodes. So much golf they, I watched as a kid. They would never 
air that episode. It's not like once on television. Yeah. I mean, we can watch it after this if you want, but... No, I'm good. Okay. We do see two men in this manner who were, like, taking the tour before Mystery Inc. get there. I don't believe they're actually named. There is blonde man with a handlebar mustache and a Hispanic-looking man with his hairy chest exposed like a thought. Now, I also wrote down that he had a handlebar mustache. I, I thought they both handlebar mustached equally. I think the blonde one's mustache turned into his sideburns. Is okay. that something else? No, I, I guess... I don't technical term for that. Sorry, mustache aficionados that listen to this No, podcast. you're you're right. Because the shape of, like, bicycle handlebars is much more in tune with what the blonde guy is wearing on his face. <laughs> Whereas the other guy, he's, he's got a horse a horseshoe mustache? <laughs> is that what you'd call it? He's got two-thirds of goatee. Yeah. Anyway, they're both kind of scummy looking, and they, they're here for the treasure, but they get scared off. By a vampire and a ghost, who are actually the owners of this mansion. Yes, Charlie and Kyle Grimsley. Uh, I have more notes for Kyle, who was the vampire, because he is... No, Kyle was the ghost. Oh, was he? I wrote them down wrong, then. Kyle says there's no treasure at this house. Charlie says that there is. I don't know why, either way, they're opening their house to weirdos to just come in and poke around looking for it. Whether it's real or not, like, I don't want this scuzzy-looking guy going through my fucking sock drawer looking for treasure. Yeah. I like how the vampire talks. Like, I like how his face is animated, so I actually wish he spent a little more time as the vampire. Who knows, maybe we're gonna get a vampire mystery at one point in this Lego series? But I wanted to see more of them now. They're just, they're not actually a ghost and a vampire. You don't need to be afraid. Uh, this was just something they were dressing up as uh, to help create the atmosphere of this spooky mansion. Their cousin, Wanda Grimsley, has none of that. She is just a woman with a country accent here to work as a groundskeeper. Yep. Not I, as an inheritor. She's just, yeah, she's not even going to inherit the mansion. She's just got this Minnesota accent. And she's going to fix the mystery machine. Oh, I'll be happy to do it. I'm not doing a Minnesota accent, Irish but she was. Um, and then also, I've written here, Eugene, who is the hungry hibiscus slash giant uh, Venus flytrap, uh, who ends up becoming a bit of, of a friend at the end. But before that, eats Shaggy and Scooby snacks and chases them throughout the manor. So then the villain, the Black Knight... Yep. Suit of armor. It's black. Carries a big axe for chopping. Chopping off of heads, perhaps. Uh, there is some lore to this episode. The mansion was owned by Augustus Grimsley, a lucky prospector who struck gold and built a huge mansion, including a prize suit of black armor that he bought. But this Black Knight armor also has some lore in that this Black Knight was thrown in the dungeon for stealing the king's gold. And now, I guess his ghost inhabits the armor and wanted to steal Augustus Grimley's gold. And so Augustus Grimley, like, put a bunch of booby traps all over the place, kept hearing clanking noises at night, and eventually 
sold the, the Black Knight and got it out of there. But in renovating this house for a modern audience, they bought it back. And they brought it back. And now it's haunting the mansion once again. How would they even know about it? Like, if, if he was scared of it, if he sold it off, why would he keep any record that he'd ever had it in the first place? I don't know. Why would you get the actual suit of armor? Did he, although maybe he didn't sell it off. Maybe he, like, put it into ye old storage locker. You know, maybe Augustus Grimsley also had a, a house upstate where he put stuff. Sure. Black Knight ends up being Kyle, who was the one that was saying there wasn't treasure, but he believes very much that there is treasure, and he doesn't think that they should open this house as, like, a and b treasure hunt, no. where anyone could come in, destroy your house looking for treasure, and then walk off with said That's treasure. That's the thing, like, people are gonna chop up your walls. Like, Charlie is offering this as a, if you find it, you can keep it. Yeah. And, I mean, you get Kyle's entire motivation long before he's actually revealed as the villain. When he says, this whole place is a trap. Get out while you can. He doesn't want any part. He, he would rather have just sold off this mansion, I feel. Just sell it for the land. Let me live my own life. I live in New York. I don't want to be here. Are they in New York? I have no the idea where they are. The state of New York officially? Because you're really harping on New York. Uh, well... An upstate mansion. <laughs> I, get... I live in Manhattan. Like, I don't understand. It's just a, just a big city that I can think of. That I th- a more happening place for Kyle to live. So he doesn't want his brother to open his ancestral home as a treasure hunt. Um, feasibility, he puts on a suit of armor and carries an axe, yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm with it. Like, this is his damn treasure if it's yeah. here somewhere. I think he also just probably needs to sit down and talk with his family. Like, I, I know maybe you feel a little put upon here, a little disenfranchised, but, like, you need to sit down and and just tell Charlie, we're not running a B&B. I don't want a part of this. If we find the treasure, it belongs to the family. I'm going back to the house upstate. Is he scary, though? Suits of armor are not scary. I, I have not yet been scared of a suit of armor. Even in Lego form? The really, way that things get even scarier? I wrote down a two here. I can't even remember my justification for being that generous. Yeah, I think I will, I will equal you with a two. That's, I'm sorry for the unnecessary pause when I had already said it was going to be equal. But... Yeah, it's a it's a little Lego knight. I'm way bigger than him, so I'm not scared of that at all. No, but I not the size. It's because in the Lego art style here, he's cute. He's a cute little guy. But like, it's not about that. It's about meeting an actual suit of armor in a darkened alley. Ordinarily, I I would say yes as well. But I think in a Lego universe, there's much less to fear. So my. Look, this is bringing my numbers down. I know, but you you are never consistent with this. You're either pedantic or you're like, fuck it, we don't have to be realistic. Like, there's no shades of gray with you, Billy Seaguire. It's, it, I'm on the, the winds of the tide, is where my opinion lies. The tide is water. 
What wind are you on? The wi- oh, the, all right, the wind over the tides. I'm windsurfing. So you're just stuck I'm, in a riptide. I'm, I'm windsurfing out to sea, <laughs> and may one day the winds carry me home. Okay. To good opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, general thoughts and feelings. We get a hallway chase here. As you've already mentioned. Oh, I love it. I just love a hallway chase. It's it's a classic feature that, you know, it's why I'm here watching Scooby-Doo, to watch people walk through doors. That's my kink. What's your favorite Lego piece? It's my general thought or feeling. Hmm. You know, as a kid, in the set that we had, there was a pine tree. And I think that pine tree was pretty dope. <laughs> I think hot dog Lego pieces are the, the best. Those are very fun as well. The little hot dogs. Anyone who's played Lego Dimensions and owns the Ghostbusters set has one of those hot dog pieces. Yeah. Slimer came with a hot dog. Didn't Lumpy Space Princess also come with a hot dog? No, Lumpy Space Princess came with a cell phone, I think. Somebody but, came with a hot dog. But, you no, know, we always said it would be better if Lumpy Space Princess also had a hot dog. Yes. Because <laughs> she's just pretty much Slimer's body model anyways. Right. But yeah, loved that little pine tree. It, I always used it when I was making houses. Gotta put a tree in the yard. Gotta, gotta follow through with the landscaping. Uh, also, add a little note here. It seemed like they found the treasure real quick. Like, well, a little too quick. it wasn't hidden well. It wasn't. This was a bad treasure hunt. But it sort of made sense because even after they found it, you know, they got locked in there and now Shaggy and Scooby are alone. But it, it, it was interesting. It just felt like something you would normally do at the end of the episode. But they twisted it on me. Well done. Yeah, this was such a twisty, topsy-turvy <laughs> episode. Yeah. Did uh, did Christopher Nolan direct this? Must have. <laughs> Must have. All right, but it's decision time. Is Lego Scooby-Doo Nighttime Terror a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't? It's quite dull. It's a villain we've seen a million times before. It's, it's very, very young slanted, I feel. Yes. I feel like this is a three to six situation. And, and Lego... The puns, the jokes, they're just, they're wearing very thin at this point in time when it's like, oh, look, Shaggy jumped out of his hair because it's a detachable piece. I found that the hair gag happened way too much. But on the other side of that, we did have sequences like the clock tower. And I personally love seeing the mechanics of how Lego stuff works together. Like how all those little existing Lego... Uh, uh, bricks and and cogs. This might have been at any clock tower. I, I, I like cogs, but... I raise you that this is not even real Lego. It's CGI. So they could make those pieces do whatever the fuck they want, regardless of what an actual Lego piece would do. But they don't, is they my point. Is they could have. But they... You fact, don't know. The fact that they put a little bit of care in it to show me how these fully mechanical pieces do function... Okay, well, this is Hold a... me through. This is a Scooby, maybe. If you're ever on Cartoon Network and it's airing as a space filler between 16-hour <laughs> blocks of Teen Titans, sure, give it a watch. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna sit here and say it's a Scooby, maybe, you're as well. You're gonna sit here? You're not gonna I stand am. up? No, I'm not gonna stand for this opinion. But sitting, I will say it's a Scooby, maybe, because I know we have other Lego movies coming. And I'm just curious to see how it's going to compare 
with a feature-length Lego movie. You know, will I find this more charming in retrospect because it was a short dose, or will I feel enthralled by a longer segment? Well, we're getting very short Lego doses next as we move into Season 2 of the YouTube Lego Shorts. That is true! So get ready for some Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts bite-sized episodes. Episode. Well, it's, I... Don't plural it. I see it as... one episode. I see it as many episodes within one. Yeah, that's still one episode. Technically. It's one release. Don't worry. We're we'll get them all done at once. Yeah, for the love of fuck, I'm not going to entertain Billy in doing <laughs> I mean, one short per episode. I, I thought you would have jumped on the opportunity to release a five-minute episode where we discussed a short, but... No, the longer we draw shit like that out, the longer this series in general draws out. I'm ending this someday! <laughs> Alright, that's my fucking goal is to end this someday! <laughs> one day... We will we will reach the end of Scooby Doo, and I will stand over Amelia's grave and place the flower on it and say, "We finished." And on that note, I will. Yeah, on that note. That's it from Scooby Doo BS. <laughs> to Scooby Doo BS. I, I couldn't remember if we had another segment left or anything like that.